Hey, hey, y'all. We're back with another podcast episode. And today we have Taria Faison from the What Else Is Going On podcast. Okay. I'm super excited because she is a fellow Housewives super fan, reality TV show super fan. And I did her podcast a couple of weeks ago, and now she's here to do mine. So, Taria, what's going on? What else is going on? (laughs) Hi, Richie. First of all, I'm going to say it in front of the public. Mama, I have made it. Richie, DJ Richie Sky has asked me to come on, and I I do have a thrill. Um, Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Thank you. There is a lot going on in these Bravo, Married to Medicine, Real Housewives of New York, Beverly Hills Streets. Okay, all of the above. And we cannot forget love and hip hop because I want to talk to you a little bit about that too. Okay. Before we get yeah, there, I, before we get there, yeah. can you tell people how you came up with your podcast name, what your podcast is dedicated to? Like how you t- how you I think every every podcast has a different angle. And I feel like that's what separates each person's podcast from another mm-hmm. podcast and what makes it unique. Can you tell people your unique proposition with your podcast? Yeah, so uh, this is my second one. Uh, my first one, personal development, spiritual base. This one, I wanted to talk about my love of housewives, reality TV, pop culture, and how uh, me as a black woman watch it through a different lens than maybe somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't look like me. Um, And for all these years, I've had these conversations with girlfriends and in the home, but never really spoke out about why that person seems a little suspect or that person saying that kind of seems like a microaggression because nobody was really having these conversations. And in the house that I grew up in, I grew up going to school with all white people um, from kindergarten to eighth grade. There was like me and three other people. Then high school hit. But then my family's black, right? Your your church family's black or what have you. And so I grew up where you don't talk about race unless they get out of pocket. But you keep mm-hmm. your head down, you ignore their little comments and you go. So uh, watching my kids grow up and me teaching them to speak up and speak out when I really wasn't necessarily always doing the same thing. I thought, mm-hmm. well, why not merge two things to me that are important? You know, uh, putting out the message um, what black people have gone through for years, trying to help people gain some understanding who don't look like us and the housewives, how could we not win? So uh, for example, Orange County, we know about Orange County, Kelly Dodd is off the show, but let me tell you, I never root for somebody to lose their job, but I felt like you were about to lose your job. She was the first one. And so people like her in her area, they don't typically uh, care about Black Lives Matter. Well, my Black son goes to Chapman University in Orange County. So what if something happened to him? Who's caring about his life? Funny enough, he wanted to work. Okay, we're going to let you work. So he transferred from a store up here to down there. He can work on the weekends. His interview question down there, his first question, are you capable of speaking up for yourself? I'm sorry, his first question, are you capable of speaking up? So my son was like, well, yes, I'm good in customer service. And the manager who's biracial said, no, no, no. Are you capable of speaking up for yourself? We have a lot of racial incidents here because they're not very accepting. This is where I'm leaving my son. 
And then I'm watching women on TV. Some of them reflect the attitudes of these same women, attitudes that I kind of picked up on and ignored through the TV. But now my son is in this space. So I wanted to talk about how these shows affect us on a deeper level that we really don't talk about a lot. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you just took me to a different level. I mean, I, I my experience living in California was mostly limited to LA, but I did go down to Orange County like once or twice. And the vibe is very different. I will say that. So it's interesting. And then watching the show and then hearing what you just said just now totally just opened up. Like it turned a whole different page for me just now because that is scary to have to leave your son there. I would, let me tell you, there was a point in time and I know people who have children or even loved ones, you know what it feels like to feel like you're sending your loved one somewhere where, you know, people may think it's dramatic, but look what's going on in the world. So I literally said a prayer and said, God, listen, you need to bring my baby back safe. But if not, you're going to have to give me the strength to get through it because I can't live in fear. I would be on, where's my iPhone? Where's his car? What's going on? There was a shooting down there. Thank God he was nowhere near it, but it's crazy. The insurrection that happened January 6th, one of the law professors from that school was on stage speaking at the insurrection. Yes. And they didn't want to get rid of him. They said that he really hadn't violated policy. There were stickers around their campus that stickers of America saying conquered, not stolen. So I'm, and I'm like, so then a part of me was like, do you want to go to like Morehouse? Like maybe you need to like HBC, <laughs> you do something. Cause my youngest 17 year old is all like, you know, so, but then I thought about it and said, well, maybe this is where you go and make change. Uh, there's a plan for everybody's life. I hope that you are, the plan is to make a change and stay alive while doing it. But I just got to trust that you are making the right decision for you. So, yeah. Uh, just to briefly speak about OC real quick. How do you feel about Heather DeBro coming back? I am excited. I actually listened to her podcast. I, I, because I did too. I listened to <laughs> that listen, whole episode. <laughs> listen, it, it's Heather DeBro's world. So when you listen to her podcast, you're getting her world. People would say she's stiffy, she's snobby, but it's Heather DeBro's world. And Richie, there's something about her that I've, that was humanized to me through her podcast. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited that she's coming back. I'm excited that She's bringing another level to OC. I really feel like when Kelly Dodd came, she, like she just shifted the whole dynamic and people loved her. And I was like, y'all wait, this, this explosive personality that you love now is gonna spontaneously combust and look what happened. So I'm so excited for her to be back. I wanna see her house. Mm -hmm. I wanna see, I wanna hear the way she says words, just the way she holds her wine glass and her back is always so stiff. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm here for it. I feel like it's a return to the opulence that we look for with yes. these types of shows. And I reflect back now and I kept, I've been thinking about it ever since. I, at the time, was one of those people that felt like she was overreacting when they when she left that restaurant crying on the phone <laughs> to too. Terry about how foul he uh, Kelly Dodd was. Me too. Only to now think about, fast forward a couple of years later, and I too feel the same way about <laughs> Kelly Dodd. <laughs> and what's so funny is she broke down because I, I was the same way. And then when I found her podcast, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to listen. And she talked about how 
her brother-in-law um, was a rock star in a rock band, a quiet riot, Terry's brother, and he committed suicide. The last time that they were with him, they were at that restaurant. They had such a good time there. So she said it was just so many different emotions already she had coming um, back to that restaurant. And then to see it, it, wait, it might not have been the last time, but it wasn't um, that far um, mm. from the time she was there with him. And she said with Kelly and her mouth and everything, it just spontaneously combusted because I was like, girl, really, you doing all this crying over this woman? But I feel the same way every time I see her. Did you see her daughter has COVID? I did. I did see that. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that ironic? Isn't Kelly that... Dodd's daughter gets COVID. gets COVID. It was just so, I was like, I feel right. bad for her, but I, it's just like thinking, reflecting back on her mom's words and how she so carelessly talked yes. about this whole thing. While, you know, for me, you know, being with somebody who works in the medical community, mm. I understand the severity of it maybe more so than the average person does mm -hmm. if you have not been to a hospital. Yes. Because if you have not been to a hospital and you don't ever really have to go, you don't really know what's going on. Wow. You don't really know what's going on. So that was that was an interesting little development. I want to ask you though, because I've been talking about this this week and it's all over the internet. <laughs> we got to talk about Dr. Scott and Dr. Contessa from Married to Medicine. Give me your take on this situation, okay? I am realizing through this reality TV world that I have to be flexible in life because I had a hard stance on Contessa. I said, this is who she is. And I like Dr. Scott. And how does he put up with her? And she's going to school. And then she's saying he didn't cook the kids food, right? And he's just trying to help her. And she's coming in, not even realizing that he's taking care of the kids, supporting her. And then- this season, it was like, ah, stop. And now look, I'm a fan. I hope I hope your podcast listeners don't write me off, but I love me some Toya. She's been a little bit out of pocket this season, a little angry, I understand. But so of course, when her and Toya started beefing, I was like, see, that's what I'm talking about. That, that's just how she is. And then I feel like there was something so different about her this season. I feel like there was a vulnerability to her, even in her body language without her speaking, which body is banging, mm -hmm. by the way. Okay. Just okay. Like out the gate. Contessa never misses when it comes to her face, like her makeup, her confessionals. Now she's doing better with the hair, I will say, because that was the only. Yeah, she she's stepping it up. <laughs> she's stepping it up, which she was gorgeous on Watch What Happens Live, but um, she's naturally gorgeous. But so I see a vulnerability in her. And then I feel like Scott is playing games. And to me, that's worse than just coming out saying, I did this. I have a, a female life coach. Now it's Kevin Johnson. And mm -hmm. I feel like he's almost laughing at her. Like he's enjoying riling her up. That's how I feel. And I, I've been feeling like this is bottled up resentment coming from him being home with the kids and having to be responsible for the family while yep. she was off getting her education, which I felt the same way you did. I was like, girl, if you don't get home and get with your family, this was not discussed in any way, shape. This was your, this is something that you want to do. Right. But then I was like, well, why didn't they get a nanny? Right. They need a nanny. A okay. Nanny. They, they needed a nanny at that point. Yeah. Or, a, and a house manager for that matter, because I think as we all know, I mean, I, I'm learning, okay? It's a lot of work to run a household. 
a lot. And some days you wake up and you're like, how am I running a household? I was just 17 going to the football game on a Friday night. <laughs> like, <laughs> how am I managing a whole household? It's a lot. It's a lot. But even then, Richie, I felt like if she had of come home and just been like, thank you, baby, for holding it down. Or even if she didn't say that, but to nitpick, like that night he he cooked for the kids uh, last season when she was coming home and she brought McDonald's and she was so upset because I had brought McDonald's. And I was like, give the man a break. So what? He hasn't folded the clothes. He's supporting you. I feel mm -hmm. like if she had to just kind of like eased up a little, or like you said, get a nanny, some kind of help. Cause he is a doctor. I get that they're long hours. Those children seem rambunctious and spirited. So I get that they may need somebody to kind of uh, uh, run interference, but I I'm with you. I feel like it's bottled resentment for her going away and for doing the show. Oh, oh. So you want to put our business out? Well, I'm going to make you look stupid then. Fine. I feel like he has resentment Ooh. about doing the show. Ooh. Because who in their right mind, Richie, even with him having resentment? Okay, I can see like when he came in and she's talking to, and her, to her life coach and he laughs a little bit if he's resentful. Who in their right mind, knowing you're on TV, would admit to having the woman's picture that you interviewed to work for you that and your was wife. So I, I, I was like, like, this is not, this is an yeah. HR problem. Right, <laughs> right. right. I was like, this is a lot. And so for you to admit that you're not forgetting the cameras are there. So I feel like he's like, Oh, you wanted to do this show. This is a bit more than I thought. Oh, I'm going to make you look stupid because what man would say that? Look at her glow. When he said, look at her glow, I was like, oh, I was ready to fight. You know I was so on my money. I had forgotten about that little nugget right there because I was so focused on this life coach, okay? <laughs> Who is she? Who is he? And do, do they really exist, okay? And for seven months, Richie? I had forgotten about the, the girl's photo in his phone because yeah. I was thinking now about all these other photos in the phone, okay? <laughs> And make and breasts and things apparently. <laughs> and I like Contessa. I actually like them both. Me you know, too. Um, and that's what's so hard about this situation. I think it's what's hard for a lot of people. What do you feel like about this season of Married to Medicine overall? Like, I just kind of want your general opinion about it. And, I enjoy do, and what do they need to do for next season? I, I enjoyed it. I know some people were saying, oh, it was boring or it was different. I do miss Mariah. I'm a Mariah fan. I've, I, I loved too. her from the beginning. I so too. I, I, I feel like she should be there. Um, and But as far as the season as a whole, I feel like we got real life stuff, Jackie and Simone, which I feel like is a little bit unfinished or unfortunately maybe finished. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, But I feel like we got their story. I feel like um, something's going on with Toya, which I hope she addresses at the reunion. Like, I feel like we got real things from every single person. And even though Simone maybe necessarily wasn't doing the most, she's such a much needed piece. Like she is just so funny. I like that she's loud. I love her laugh, but even her relationship with Dr. Jackie, we got to watch a grown woman who is hurt because her best friend is so connected to another woman that she's not really connected to. That's not high school stuff. This is real life. They've been friends for 20 plus years. And you have this woman come in 
And Dr. Jackie is like taking her side. And I really feel like that's the block between Simone and Heavenly. Have you noticed the season? I was like watching Simone and some of the looks that she would be, the camera would catch her looking at Heavenly. And I'm like, she just really ain't trying to mess with her like that. So Dr. Heavenly, you know, she does her YouTube lives yeah. every week, which I, I love. I, I I can't get enough of Dr. Heavenly. I can't. I cannot. Off I can't. I cannot. Chain. Okay. I, I so, turned on her this season in a good way. I used to be like, no, but now. Yeah, I'm just, I, <laughs> okay. So I, I typed my little question in my little super chat. I wanted to I know, like, it. I said, who surprised you the most at the reunion? And she said, <laughs> Simone and Cecil by some of the things that they were saying to her. Be, and she thought like it was because Dr. Damon wasn't there. So that should be interesting. What you said should be very interesting to watch as we head into the reunion next week. <laughs> so for her to say that, doctor, because Dr. Da okay. So that means that there's a side of Damon that we may not really see. If she's saying that, then that means, or maybe just his very mere presence would stop them because mm -hmm. that is, that's, in, that's really interesting. Very interesting. How very, did you very... feel seeing that flashback of, them in Miami, even Simone sleep. And Dr. Heavenly is like, you know, you better wake up. Like, this is not what we're doing. Like seeing them all and then now look how far apart they really are. I think that's the thing that I love about this show is that I feel like they're real friends. Mm -hmm. And just like real friends in, in a big friend group, everybody is not always gonna always be the closest with yes. each other. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like that's what I like about this group is because I feel like at its core, these are genuine friendships, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it, what makes, what, what the men can sometimes be the glue in these relationships, yes. which makes them an integral part of the yes. show, mm -hmm. even though they're not the primary focus, yeah. they add to it in a way that's very different from say Atlanta, when the ladies really, you don't feel like any of these ladies are really friends. Right. Yes. One hundred percent. And even in like a New Jersey where they may be friends and how people love the Jersey husbands with married to medicine, the husbands are just different. Like it's just mm -hmm. so different. I feel like the married to medicine husbands are invested in their wives and in their friendships. I really yep. do. Mm -hmm. And they're invested in each other's lives. Like to see the, the clip of the reunion where Contessa mentions divorce and all the men just line up, like they like bum rush the stage almost. I, it, it took me back to Cecil and Simone. Exactly. And that is, that gives me chills when I think about that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Cause that, that was such a moment. Whew, Andy said the devil didn't win. <laughs> it was like it, so amazing. It was, <laughs> I, I felt like, I'm like, what are we watching here? This is huge for. Yeah television and yeah. I feel like Married to Medicine has consistently given us those moments and I feel like it's still an underrated show. It, it is and I don't know and I'm part of me wonders like is it because it's a majority all black cast and people are just projecting or stereotyping what they think it is and I'm proud to watch that show even like with the arguing and stuff these are black they're black excellence from doctors to even just like Toya was a medical supply salesman before she writes children's books like she's not Contrary to what we may see on TV sometimes, she does have love businesses. Toya. Yeah, I love her. Like, 
Dr. Simone, Cecil and Simone, when the guys arrived, Richie, I've watched it like six times. When the guys arrived, um, Jekyll, uh, and you see uh, Curtis kiss Jackie, and Cecil walks in and says, you look like you did. Like, like, those little, you know, like, it's it's real. It's And so- it's comedy. Like, they are, they just deliver. And I feel like this is, for me, one of those casts where I like everybody. Me too. And I can't say that about every show. Me neither. And this is the first time that I've said, wow, I like want all of them to come back. I was kind of mm, on Anila because I could see her side with Toya, but I could also see Toya's side. I think what she was getting from Toya is who Toya is. I don't think they were necessarily friends for that long because she would have known that's just Toya. Toya is the yeller. Toya is the... Did you see that live that she did with Simone and Lisa where she was yelling at Lisa Nicole? And then she did that apology the next day. Okay. I mean, I think that's honestly, I think that Toya just flies off the handle at times. I think that's just who she is. Me too. Lover or hater. Um, Switching gears real quick. And we could just talk about it briefly because we're both kind of really familiar with this area. (laughs) Are you excited about Potomac? How do you feel about Potomac and the lead up to it? I'm ready to get in my car and drive to the edge of Potomac and yell everybody's name, but then nobody lives in Potomac. I don't think except for Karen. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, I am so excited to see I feel like they're our girls. I don't know, just saying that, you know what yeah, I mean? Like they're, yeah. our, they're, they're our girls. I'm, I'm really excited to see every single one of them. I'm excited to see how Karen is because I think Mia is her coming in as her friend, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like Karen doesn't really have, has never had an alliance. I think she thought she was gonna have it in Giselle and Giselle was like, uh, nope, gotcha. Uh, so I, I feel like I'm excited to see that dynamic. I'm excited to see Honestly, Robin and Juan and and her share how she was basically depressed and didn't want to get out of bed. Like that's real life stuff. I'm excited to see Candace um, pursue the many things she's pursuing from singing, acting. Um, I'm excited to see Mia. I'm just really excited, Dr. Wendy. I'm really excited because I feel like they represent all women. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited. I um I definitely felt like at last season I went kind of hard with Giselle because I just felt like there was so much that was going on with her behind the scenes that we mm-hmm. weren't and we weren't getting the full picture. I am going to go into this season <laughs> with the with the freshest set of eyes I can buy. It's okay? so hard. <laughs> I, it, it's going to be hard, and you know, contrary to what people think, I think from based on my last season's reviews, I don't dislike Candace. I dislike some of the things that were happening at the time, but mm-hmm. I am excited to see what she's able to bring outside of that situation. Um, yes. As much as I, I almost didn't want to like that remix. But it was go-go, so I still have to, <laughs> I have to bounce to it. And I'm, I hope what she does is, I mean, this is just me speaking as somebody who used to work in music. I hope that she doesn't go the, I'm going to rest on this one song. I hope she goes for it. Yeah. Go for the album. Go for, like, really do the doggone thing with it, because yeah. I feel like there's an opportunity there for her where we haven't seen other housewives 
go for it. Yes, because I don't want it to be just part of your storyline. Oh, this is something I've been wanting to do. So I'm just going to do it. I need it to really be your dream. Yes. I want her to like dive into it because I felt like that could be her sweet spot where I felt like she can win a lot of people over to her side and just in terms of her growth, you know what I mean? Yes. And I would definitely like to see, I think that it would be interesting to watch her as her and Chris start their own family. Yes. Because I think that's also going to like take her in another direction. A totally different direction. Well, and it's, it's crazy because I felt what she was saying last year when, in terms of, she didn't know if she wanted a baby because, or the year before, because of her relationship with her mom. And she's like, mm. I don't want to mess up a, a kid. And I was like, I get that. Like, I felt like, yeah, you know, tumultuous teen years, stuff like that with mm. parents. But outside of that, I was like, I don't know if I'm equipped to raise a human to like be a good, decent part of society. And I don't want to mess anyone up. Right. Because I really wasn't a kid person. Now, three kids later, I'm proud of them all. But I felt her on that. You know what I mean? So (laughs) it'll be great to see, like you said, her outside of that situation and outside of um, to me, she just almost was like she was just so broken in certain areas at the end of last season. Sometimes that's not always good to be on TV. Exactly. So I'm glad that that is that I want to see, because before that situation, that was her ally. So ne- against like a Giselle. Against, so yeah. now it's like, if she doesn't have a friend coming in, it's, she's going to have to like carry the weight on her own. Mm-hmm. She don't, mm-hmm. doesn't have that situation to argue. It's not like she's in with the green eyed bandits. I don't know her and Mia's relationship, her and Karen, you know, they were close, but we don't know where that is. So I, I want to see her stand on her own in her own story. Mm. And Ashley, I just, I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to try to do like you and buy some new eyes. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I'm going to be honest. You don't see it for Ashley. I might need LASIK. I don't, I don't. Okay. Okay. I that should be interesting day, as well. From day one, certain housewives I have not liked since they, I, I won't say the like, I'll say they haven't resonated with me from mm. day one. That would be Ashley Darby, Kelly Dodd, and Kenya Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Richie's quite looking at me the like, trifecta <laughs> right there when you lumped her in with kelly dodd i'm like oh <laughs> right it's and, real it's do you, real <laughs> <laughs> but do you ever watch shows and then you're like i got to look in the mirror because why does that person make me feel like this Ooh. but that person made me like no should we be violent no but i liked when nini and i'm just gonna be honest when she was throwing popcorn at kenya i was like <laughs> throw that popcorn <laughs> It was wrong, though. I can say, Nene, now you were wrong. But I don't know why. There's just something about those three that's just really great on me. And I tried to like Ashley. I will say I think she's beautiful. I think she's smart. I think she's a great mom. She just doesn't resonate with me. I think she might be one of the smartest people on that show. I know. But we'll save that conversation we'll for save. another gonna, day. But when it comes com- back on. <laughs> you will not make me eat my words. I'm declaring it here and now. <laughs> she might be one of the smartest people on the show okay um well outside of caring and her business savvy uh yeah and i like dr wendy uh she grew on me i i was torn first season but Mm -hmm. in some way shape or form i felt like outside of the season she blossomed like a butterfly it it just it 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 was and it was like boom like it was like she walked into something and hit her stride and we're gonna see that coming this season 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, she excites me about this new season as well um, as Mia. I feel like from what I can see on the screen with her relationships with the rest of the girls, it's going to be an interesting ride for Mia on the show. Yes. So I'm excited yeah. about that. I, I And I wonder if she's going to get into it with all of them. Because, you know, when they show us the trailer, it could look like they're talking to one person, but talking to another. So it, it'll be interesting if she comes in with Karen and I don't necessarily want her to have uh, problems with Karen, but how will she be? Will she stand on her own if she has an issue with not just a Giselle, but with a Candace, with a Wendy? But like, I like like that when they're like, oh, okay, we know not to come at her like that. I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to see that. And I love Dr. Wendy when she told Giselle, I don't give a about those cameras. I like to see the smart, beautiful lady also like, girl, you don't even know. Like, okay, like I will still get with you. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Cause Giselle um, talks a lot, but I don't think she's she quite gonna go there. <laughs> okay. She does do a lot of talking. Okay, yes. about everybody else. Yeah. Um, I gotta ask Love and Hip Hop. I saw you, I wasn't gonna talk about this. I was gonna talk about Beverly Hills, which we might still cover, but I need to know real quick. <laughs> Thoughts on Yandy going to, to Love and Hip Hop Atlanta and thoughts on the cast overall as we head into the new season. Cause I saw you posted today and I was like, oh, we got to talk about it. <laughs> I, okay, so I missed last season. I took a break. Love and Hip Hop, I, I love. It'll be like, I'll be like, watch every uh, franchise, if you will. And then I'll be like, oh, I need a break for like a year. And then I'll I'm binge like all <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, some, it starts getting too much. I start wanting to fight when I go places. I'm like, I don't do that. What, like, what, <laughs> I start wanting to hop on a table and swing a bag. I'm like, what, what's going on? I need to uh, depress. But so I'm confused about Yandy MNDC going to Atlanta. Is it because she opened a skin? Is that where her skin store is? You know, she has a, a skincare line. I'm wondering if that's where the I brick and mortar like is. I feel like it is there. But so, somebody in the comments will correct us. I know. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm like, that is, it's, it's confusing and so wildly different from the housewives because you'll never see them crossing franchises. I mean, it reminds me of Kate Which, Michelle. I don't know why. I don't know like, why. Like, I, are y'all I, I feel friends? like if it made sense, if it made sense. Okay, cool. And I, I wonder it will this friendship between Yandy and Portia, as we were seeing that kind of blossom online, was that as a result of her moving? Did she leave right. during the pandemic? What happened? Because yeah. I didn't watch the reunion episodes of Living Hip Hop, but, <laughs> and, I, and so maybe it was explained there, yeah. but it was just shocking to me that we're gonna be seeing her in Atlanta. And I'm wondering because of her relationships, like her and Kim Bella are no longer friends. So, her, Which I gotta be real about that. I felt like Kimbella was coming at her for the camera. That's what I, I cause I was like, wait, if y'all been friends for this long time to the point where uh, Kimbella showed up when they were having the birthday party years ago with all the kids and Mendeecee's baby and she was ready to be rah-rah for her. Like, why is all this now? And she says a lot on Instagram. Well, I know at one point she was saying a lot and Yandy was just kind of like, whatever, you know? So. But I'm wondering, did her friendships fall apart up there? Like, what is going on to make you come to Atlanta? And are you really, really, really cool with anybody on the cast there? I want to know why Lamar Odom is there. And was he really talking to Carly Red? 
<laughs> like, I only knew about Lamar Odom being there because I saw it on your page. I, I said, was like, <laughs> did you have to go back? Wait, I, I, did. I was like, is he talking to Carly Red? That's what I listen. I Carly, I don't know. Like some days I'm like, yeah. And then some days I'm like, I don't know what's going I don't know how I feel about Carly. Carly to me is what Carly is like what Jackie Christie is to basketball mm. wives. Okay. That's good. That's good. She okay. is a necessary person that is going to provide some comic relief with whatever she does. And she's a mainstay because of it. You know what? You're right. And she's not afraid to do what she needs to do. There's no like thought. Like I felt like Mimi sometimes to be a little hesitant, which we didn't see her in the trailer. I know she's there though. She is there. Okay. Hey, maid. That's my okay. favorite. Hey, <laughs> I see you wearing your maid uniform like you always do. <laughs> that is my favorite. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, somebody had commented on there. Where's Jocelyn and Stevie J? I was like, well, they they're gone. definitely not. Yeah. They gone. I don't think Faith is Jocelyn to- got her cabaret. Um, I want to know. We're gonna switch one more gear. Okay. Beverly Hills, Erica Jane. Okay. What you thinking? Okay. First. And the season in general. I think the season is good. I'm shocked. Um, because I didn't think it was gonna be good. I I did watch last season. They irritated me with the whole Denise thing, and then the season that Vanderpump left. I'm not gonna lie. I liked. I was a pumper. I liked Lisa me Vanderpump. Too. I, I was did. like, listen. I feel like y'all are all selling stories and manipulating. And I think what got lost in translation number one is that Dorit gave back two dogs, well, gave one dog back and one dog ended up in a kill shell. So they completely forgot that. And that Teddy was actually involved. And I'm sorry, y'all are 40 plus, probably I'm 44. So they're probably like 45 plus. And to hear them say, and she just manipulates me. Like how? Like I, I don't understand that. There, nobody can make me do anything that I didn't want to do if I wanted mm-hmm. to go after somebody. So this season, I feel like they're good. I feel like that Fox Force Five, I'm not really here for them. Where did the Fox come from? And well, until I saw the election party, I thought Fox 45 came from somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> and I'm still kind of like, mm. but I just... The season is definitely good. People are saying that uh, Dorit is kind of taking a step back. How do you feel? Because I feel like she's where she needs to be. Like that fight with her and Kyle, I've never saw it for Kyle either. I had turned around a little bit on her with Garcelle, but then I turned right back. Um, I feel like Dorit was right because you're mad at Dorit because she didn't respond well to you interrupting her when you say that, she always interrupts you. Like, I just didn't like how that whole fight went down. And it showed me Kyle as a little sister. That is what a little sister does. Mm-hmm. So I, I I was with Dorit on that. Um, Kyle, I don't like the whole thing with Crystal and Sutton. And I'm sure you, you've seen the post on my, <laughs> on my Instagram. But I will say, you know, Kyle bringing up that conversation with Crystal and Sutton interrupting. For Kyle not to step in and say something 
to me was a bit, and I feel like there was a reason why Kyle brought that conversation up. If you go back and just watch the look in her eye when Crystal and Sutton start kind of going at it, it's like a, hmm, I'm not the center anymore. I'm not the center of this racial argument anymore. If mm. you go back and watch, that's what I, that's what I felt. And I felt like for her not to step in and say, Sutton, I brought this up. You know, if, if you're uncomfortable, you could leave. I just didn't like that. I, I feel like Kyle manipulates just like Vanderpump, but just in a different way. Mm. I really do. I truly feel there was a point during the Yolanda season, the Lyme, Lyme's disease and the Munchausen. And somebody said, does Yolanda's kids have it? Lisa said, um, Muhammad said, no, but I don't want to talk about it. Kyle, don't bring it up. We're not talking about it. They get to a lunch with Yolanda and Kyle says, but what about your kids having Lyme? And Lisa looks at her and Yolanda takes her attention and puts it right on Lisa and says, why are you talking about my kids? Kyle brought it up both mm -hmm. times. And I started watching like Kyle knows exactly what she's doing. She knows mm -hmm. what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you think that there, I mean, this Erica thing. Okay. Oh, you think that they're really going to get into no. the real, the real deal? No. They didn't, I felt like they've been teasing us these past two weeks. Oh, you mean as far as the, the Bravo as a whole? Oh yeah. I think they're going to try to get into it, but I think Fox force five isn't going to let them get into it. I think they're going to shut it down. I think they're going to ask questions that they feel like the audience may need may want to know, but they're not going to get into it. And I felt like that when Erica sent that text, hey, ladies, I consider you all friends, blah, 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 blah. And they all jumped on that FaceTime. And Renna, who is always about um, laying it all out in the open, keeping it real, owning it. She says, well, it's Erica. She had to do it this way. I rolled my eyes so hard at that because it had it been anybody else. Had it been anybody, anybody else, else, they would have jumped all, Lisa would have jumped all over that situation. Well, maybe yes. not Garcelle. Well, actually, probably Garcelle, because I'm sure she's looking for Garcelle to mess up at some point. Yes. Yeah. Looking yeah. for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, I got to ask you this. And I know I feel like I'm jumping all over the place, but I no, keep I having love these thoughts that this. pop up. Given this stuff that, like, given everything that you kind of really like to dive into on your podcast as a black woman watching these shows and then sort of breaking down some of the microaggressions that you see and then also watching it for entertainment value as well. Mm -hmm. What is your take on this season of the Real Housewives of New York? So I have some, that some, some takes that some may consider hot, some may not agree with, but I'm glad that Ebony's there. I, she's beautiful. She's smart. And I, I loved when she said everywhere she shows up, she shows up as a black woman. I, mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I don't see, well, two things. I don't see in real life how her and Leah would be friends because to me, Leah portrays herself to be an ally, but as we know with the voting, situation she uh wasn't going to vote and then didn't even want to talk about how important it was with her friend let alone with heather so i just kind of i was like mm, i don't really see i feel like there's a, an allyship there but not the allyship we've been hearing about for the last year an allyship like the public is not reacting to leah very well heather may have been coming in to test for her job back and leah is in ebony's corner so we're gonna form an allyship so we both come back next season that's just how because there's no way in the world you can tell me i'm looking at ebony then looking at leah like 
that's who you rolling with. Um, so I don't know. It's, Leah just has bothered me from her first season coming on to a woman who is so close to the black community that every single time there's a scene with someone black in it that she can, I don't know, defend or talk to, she leaves. She left Ebony by herself last season when Luann had the women from the Fortune Society, the black woman. She could only focus on her argument with Ramona and then said Ramona would never talk to them in real life and she leaves. She didn't use that opportunity to talk to them from a community you love. You know the community, you wore Lil' Kim's mugshot on your chest, on your dress, so you know the community, right? So I, I, I don't buy it from her. I feel like Leah is privileged, very uh, privileged. And I feel like because she knows buzzwords and maybe dated a black guy or two, she feels like she's, like Ebony said about Heather, she she familiarizes herself. I feel like that's what Leah does. So, and I'm glad that Ebony's having these real conversations with the women. I will say, I want them to all be organic. Like I want them to, for instance, the whole you're an angry woman and then angry black woman, that was organic to me. That was like, boom. What I don't want to happen is, and I've used this analogy before, say they're walking through a field picking apples. You know, these housewives love the apple pick. And somebody says, that's a beautiful sycamore tree. And she says, yeah, it looks just like the ones my ancestors used to hang from. Like that I don't want because that's not mm. organic. I feel like it's almost being, production wants her to use every opportunity to talk about the um, inequities between black and white and the microaggressions, and that's not fair to her. I feel like it needs to be organic. I'm interested in watching tonight when Ramona says, I don't wanna be educated, I just wanna have fun. And then Ebony says, well, that's your privilege. It is, but I wanna see what prompts that. Mm. Are we just talking about it from nowhere? Like, what did you think about her spoken word? That night, after they had just had all those dramatics, Richie, don't look at me like that, and they're all having fun. <laughs> What did, do you think that she planned to do spoken word when we saw her practicing ballet in her room earlier? <sighs> I didn't even pay attention to that. She I was didn't. doing like a move. Yeah. So, so what do you think? I, I, it, it just hit me. Do you? It, I don't know what to think, to be quite honest with you. Not because I'm watching the show. No, 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 no. It's fine. <laughs> I'm watching the show. I'm looking at some what some of the fans are saying, and they feel like the show has become too politically. No, I love. Oh, okay. No, but then I hearken also, but I, I would, I would caution them to go back to the 2016 election, where Carol was. They showed her, you know, going door to door. I think in yes. Philadelphia, was it? Yep. They showed yep. her having her election party. She didn't even yep. want Ramona to come. No. I, I almost wish that Ebony would take that approach with Ramona because at the end of the day, knowing what I know about that converse and how that went back in 2016, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, I'm not even going to try to have a conversation with this woman about right. it because honestly, she believes what she believes. And yeah. what I think is that she believes what she believes and she's not willing to have that conversation on camera Yes. But I also feel like that's her right. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's there's two things going on here and they are yeah. both two separate things. She has her beliefs. She's not willing to talk about them, but it is also her right to not talk about politics. It, it, it To me, that's even like with the whole sex thing, like the politics and sex with Leah, I'm like, we can't, people can't use their privilege to shame other people for having privilege to not talk about things. Like, that's not how you get your message across. So I, we already know what Ramona believes. And quite honestly, watching that show, I would rather have a Ramona who's very much 
straightforward and you know what it is versus maybe Aaliyah who talks about the election in ways where you have a platform that can influence people in a direction that may not be best for black people, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I wish, I wish the same. I wish that respect would be given on both sides and it not forced, but I love that Ebony will have the conversation. Like I like I, that she will have it. I just don't want her to feel like she needs to have yes. every single conversation and, because she doesn't have to fight every battle. And that's why I don't I want her to have to, I don't want her to feel like that. That's, mm -hmm. that's the only thing, because I think that there's, I think it goes back to something that you were saying about just letting it be organic. Yeah. I feel like, again, like you said, the, the angry woman comment, the connotation was angry black woman. So let's yeah. address that when it happens. Yes. And we also have to give people space to mess up because that's how they learn. That's, that's my thing. And then too, I think we need to decide or make our message clear we hear a lot of us and, and uh, we feel the same, like we are not required to educate you about race. However, then to turn around and say, you need to be educated about race. It, it, it works when it's organic, again, when mm -hmm. it happens. Yeah. Because if we're, telling, if we're telling them, we're not required to educate you, but turning around saying you need to be educated. But when they ask us, depending on the mood, it's like, I don't, I'm not your teacher, but I'm going to educate you. I just think we need to make our message very clear mm -hmm. with them. And then if they don't receive it, I mean, there's not much, you know, you can do, but I, I feel like Ebony's been saying that her and Ramona are like close off camera. They hang out, which is also interesting to me. Very interesting. I think it will be even more interesting when Bershawn shows mm. up because she was also photographed with, Ramona. So I would be interested in hearing her take on the situation if she even has a take on it because she may not. Yeah. And evidently Sonia and Bershawn are going to get into it at first. And when we see from what I was reading, when we see Bers um, Sonia break the glass, mm -hmm. the, the mirror that might have something to do with Bershawn. And I was reading in a page six article where Sonia was basically saying she learned a lot. It was hard and it had to do with something with Brashawn. So I'm wondering if all those steps that she took forward in everyone's eyes are gonna, is she gonna be wiped right back to square one depending on what it is. But yeah. what did you think? Cause I'm sure you probably have these experiences in the, the um, arena that you're in. I've had people tell me, you know, they only picked you cause you black, right? And that doesn't always feel good. Especially when in your mind, you're like, yeah, I know that I'm the token black woman in this office at this end of the building. But my plan is for every internal position that opens up to slide it to my black friends and say, apply to make, you know, to bring more of us down here. So when, but I also knew how I felt when people would say you're a token or they're just using you. So when Sonia was saying that to Ebony was saying, Ramona is my friend, but I don't like how she's posting you on Instagram implying that it's just because she was black. How did you feel? Because I'm like, I don't think they get that. I know you're trying to have Ebony's back, but that's not always what it feels like. <laughs> uh, it's a tricky situation. And I thought about this after the episode aired because I was like, at the end of the day, I mean, I guess it's two parts to that question. 
if I feel like somebody has chosen me because I'm black, I'm still stepping all the way up into the building uh, and I'm going to take the opportunity Boom. as the black person in this space. I'm black yes. wherever I go and that it is what it is. You see me <laughs> and I'm here. Hello. <laughs> yes. um, uh, in terms of being the only one, I hate that notion of sometimes it of of it sometimes being that you can be the only black person in a space right. you know, with a lot of other you know white counterparts. That is never a good feeling, but mm -hmm. you still, I was watching uh, in the Heights last night and they talked about, you know, when you have to be, when you are sometimes in the space of being a representative, you still have to represent. You just have to, I mean, you, you step into the experience fully yeah. as, as who you are and that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the Ramona and the picture situation, I didn't like that it was brought up in that way, um, mostly because I just felt like, you know, regardless of whether or not Ramona did it with that intention or not, it's hard to pinpoint whether that was the intention because it did not come from Ramona's mouth. It came from right. Sonia's. Right. And we know that Sonia has already an issue with other people being in because she said something about not being pictured in Ramona's photographs. So I'm like, girl, are you just jealous that it wasn't you and now you're projecting that jealousy onto them to make it seem like it's something else? Yep. Or are you being true to what you're saying? And if you are, it's not necessarily, I mean, did you have to do it? Just like you said, because ultimately they know that they were on Ramona's Instagram page. <laughs> right. Right, right. They knew where I it was going. Care. To be honest with you, if I take a picture with somebody and they post it, I don't care. I took, I took, the, I know full well what I was getting into when I took that photograph, right? Yep. If I was not drunk, okay. Let me just add that <laughs> caveat because there are, I'm sure, some drunk photos of me out there that I didn't realize I was taking, okay? But I'm talking about now <laughs> in a sober mind, okay? Um, I just feel like it was a photo for Instagram. Like, right. why we got to read that much into it? And I feel like now we're making a whole nother issue where there doesn't need to be one. And I'm also looking at Sonia, like you said, Ramona's family, you would punch someone's lights out if they talked about Ramona, but you were implying something about Ramona. So now I'm looking at you like this woman, that's your family. You were okay with this behavior that you're implying. You never said anything to her. So you were okay to be complicit. You were okay to be silent while she... And I felt like Sonia is a little bit, uh, a lot smarter than I feel like she's sometimes oh. portrays because mm -hmm. I've also said season after season after season that Sonia flip-flops to whatever side has the most pull in the situation. And I think we might've talked about this on your podcast, yes. but I just feel like she's she's always doing that. So mm -hmm. when it's between Sonia, uh, Dorinda and Ramona, she's usually gonna fall over into the Dorinda side yep. because Dorinda is the more, I mean, dominant player out yes. of the two, right? Except yep. when Dorinda was coming at Sonia, she didn't necessarily like it that much, right? Yes. But I, I just, I've watched Sonia and I've just seen her do this over and over and over again. Yep. So I'm just, it's, I, I it, her, I get that everybody is so, yes, Sonia is on, you know, she's, she understands, <laughs> she gets it. I feel like she does get it, mm -hmm. but I also feel like I know she's a flip-flopper. So I really don't. Exactly. I'm not give her that much credit. <laughs> because and, and, and because she's smarter than people think, 
there's a reason that why it's now coming out that she gets it just so eloquently put to get together. Maybe she had a coach like Stassi. Didn't Stassi have a coach that, um, you know, you just well, never know. That didn't work out too well, for, too her. well for her. <laughs> and then when you mentioned Sonia and Dorinda, it's funny because people forget, like Sonia comes across as this lovable, blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, and I think it's great that Ebony is like seeing her. Unless her name is to help her. Unless your name is Tinsley or unless it's off season and you're talking to the press. Dorinda came in so hot against Sonia, what, two seasons ago when they were in the Berkshires because they had made up and Sonia was in the press dogging her. So it's like, y'all forget the genesis sometimes of like people's anger around Sonia. Sonia is not just a little innocent, little lamb to slaughter. No, she's not. And I feel like to really go back to the initial stance on on Sonia from Ramona and Luann's perspective going into the season hmm. in the off season Sonia does not talk to them right. <laughs> okay right. like she doesn't even talk to them and whether she's <laughs> going through something or not you know if it would be one thing if she if she's if she's going through something and it happened this one season and you didn't mm-hmm. hear from her but it's been season after season after season that you guys say you don't hear from her because she goes off to Arizona or Argentina or wherever she goes <laughs> to do her green juices and smoothies she does not talk to y'all okay that is the issue that is not still being addressed yes yeah you're right you're right you're absolutely right and it's like they can't say it because then they may break the fourth wall. Exactly. So to speak. But I, I said, saying all that, I still like Sonia. Me too, uh, me, too. <laughs> me too. Can I ask real quick, what do you think about Heather? <laughs> I have an unpopular opinion about Heather. So, and I already know it's unpopular. Okay. I like Hollaback Heather. Okay, like I have liked Heather since she came on the show. I thought that she was like a little, I do think that Heather can be a know-it-all. Mm-hmm. I do. I think she right. can be a know-it-all. I think that she, I think that there's also a difference between intention and impact, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes the impact of her good intentions, it goes awry, okay? <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that. Yeah. But I think in having conversations with her and just in, in, in an interview with her, mm-hmm. you can see that she has good intentions. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's just that sometimes, one, it's not always welcome. Yeah. And sometimes the impact doesn't always go the way that I think she intends it to go. It doesn't always land the way she, I think, wants it to land. To land. Yes. And I, I agree. And I think that, and that's what I'm saying with Leah, I would had Leah not made so much of the interaction about her in the Berkshires, Ebony and Heather could have come to like a, a, a meeting of the minds when, when Heather left was leaving the room and she said, you're so articulate. My first instinct wasn't microaggression in her case. My first instinct was not everyone black, white, or what have you, can articulate the way their emotional feelings as well That's, as Ebony. That is how I took it. I because and even as she was stating it in that group that group meeting that they had mm-hmm. the next morning, I found myself thinking she explained that in a way that I felt like was genius. 
me calling her genius in the way she stated it had nothing to do with race. It was just that I would not have been able to articulate it in that genius-like yes. way. Mm -hmm. And so I, when she said it, I could see, because I've heard that before, right it at myself right me too so yes. i can so it so it does fall into that category mm -hmm. but again intention versus impact Inten right? yeah yes yes intention versus impact yep so did you, was so, that your immediate thought that she meant that about feelings i thought that she meant it how i thought it right me too okay and okay. but I, I realized the impact of that statement yes yeah and so it, it, it was and i felt like sometimes heather is just a little overzealous with how she wants to participate and yeah. I think that she sometimes needs to dial it back. Yes. And even just said, because she has said that they, after the big fight at Luann's, they took a, basically a vote and voted her to go in and try to calm the situation down. Mm -hmm. So what she was doing really good when she was explaining to them. And then after the meeting and she goes in, um, they voted her to go in, I guess, again, and talk to Ebony. And she says that. So it, it's it's almost like yeah, sometimes you might have to take a hard stance and be like, y'all are not, I know how production does. So you're not going to set me up to walk into that because I hated the moment after when Ebony was right in saying that's a microaggression and, and uh, Leah was like, how do people not know that? Again, I guess you guys probably get that. I keep talking about Leah because she's been a focal point for me this season and I don't want her to be, but she so much either. of her is, because there's only five cast members. Five, exactly. Okay. And that is another problem. Do you feel like, okay, I want your take on why she was in the Hamptons, why she chose to go there versus maybe being with her grandma when there weren't COVID restrictions. And I'm not saying everybody would make the choice to go. Some people wouldn't be able to handle that. But a part of me feels like she used, she knew that she wanted a moment with Heather because I truly think that Heather might have been get ready to be Leah's replacement because if they have an Ebony, they don't really need a Leah. But if they want someone white that was woke, if you will, Heather um, could put her thoughts together a little better than Leah. So I felt like Leah maybe went and knew that that was gonna be her moment to bring up the podcast information. And to try to throw a wrench in whatever Heather was trying to do. So this is my opinion. And I have to state my opinion versus yes. what I know is fact. Because I just to be on the safe side. Yes. Okay. Not, that my, was my opinion as well, folks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let me be clear. <laughs> but let me and, and let me and I'm about to tell you why I'm giving you my opinion. Because what I've heard is that prior to the season, and I don't know if this is true or not, but the rumor on the street was that prior to the season, Leah was fighting to get a pay increase. I remember that. Okay. So there was that. Don't know if that's true or not, folks, but this is what I would, this is what the papers were saying. Okay? Yes. yes. Um, so with that being said, my thought is that she knew she had to be there because there mm. were only five cast members. Okay. So, okay. So you need that, you need some dynamics. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that, hmm. Okay, I'm, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta edit myself just a little bit. I know, and yeah. I'll tell you why later, but okay. Um, I think that she knew she knew that she needed to be there. Okay, because she knew that she needed to bring it, and I felt like 
she knew that she was going to go after Heather long before she got there because Heather mm -hmm. said in some publication that she had already been tipped off by one of the ladies who I believe was yes. Ramona that okay. Heather that Leah was going to be coming for her. So that's why when she sat down at that dinner and Heather started and Leah started sprouting out that stuff about the podcast, she was ready with every single answer yes. she had to say. She didn't back yes. down from anything. So I felt as though it would have been better in real life, in a real life situation, Leah, you should have mm -hmm. stayed home. You should have stayed with your family, but I understand you, you. Sometimes we have to work, and sometimes we have to do the thing that we don't want to do yeah. in order to pay the bills, right? Yes. So I felt like she knew that she had to be there, and I knew that she also knew that she had to bring it. And okay. a part of me feels like, you know, she did a lot of excusing her actions because she was so distraught about her grandmother, yes. which I believe she probably was. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that was the reason why she was acting out. Me I do neither. not think that those two things were connected. Okay. That's what I think. Um, and I do think that there is extra pressure on the ladies when there are only five people, mm -hmm. because there have been some inorganic things that I feel like have been happening this season as a result of there being only five people. I feel like there's probably a little bit more pressure on everybody yeah. to bring something to the table and I think that maybe bringing in Heather would have added in an extra layer where New York typically didn't need that. Yes. Because I, think about it. Housewives to me, a friend as a franchise thrives now in, in this day and age when more so when there are more cast members. Yes. For and you're getting, I mean, even though it's not housewives, you look at a married to medicine and you have how many people? There are 10 so people there to pull from, <laughs> yes, okay? Yes. You know, so go ahead and give us, you know, um, maybe the person that you wouldn't have chosen to cast um, who may not have been the best fit. Give it, give it, in, yeah. in last season, given that it was a pandemic, give, give them a, that chance because yes. you need more, okay? Like, yeah. and to me, Leah has been coming off, off inauthentic, I think, as a result of probably having too much pressure on her. Yes. And, and, and stuff just not happening naturally. Yes. Cause I'm like, where, like, wait, what is all this coming from? And every, every episode, contrary to popular belief, people say, Oh, everyone wants drama. I mean, some episodes can there just, I don't care if it's a filler episode. I need a minute for every single episode, especially when there's already a pressure for Ebony coming in because it's the first, the first, the first, the first. And I'm sure she's thinking I got to represent. Well, she said in the interview, I represent all black women. So it's like, that's a pressure. And then having to deal with these folks and knowing what the internet was going to say about it. How much richer of a season would this have been if this had been a season with, let's say we had kept Dorinda, um, Let's say even if a Bethany was there, that would have mm. changed the whole narrative of the season. And that would have been much more interesting to watch Ebony mm -hmm. interact with, you know, D Dorinda's and the Bethany's yes. or even a Carol because of the level of intellect, I think, with Carol and with Ebony coming from news backgrounds. Yes. What would that have been like in an election year? I mean, I, I just think that it would have been so much richer with more people. And I like the fact that you said intellect. There are, like, it doesn't have to be every housewife, but I feel like every housewife's franchise needs someone like that to raise it just a little bit. 
mm-hmm. or because it forces the other ladies to rise to to them sometimes. So I would have, I didn't even think about Ebony and Carol. I definitely would have loved to see it. I would have loved to see Ebony and Bethany. I should have added Bethany to the list with Ashley and Kelly <laughs> and Leah and you know the other one, I'd say that. But, um, I, but I would have loved to see Ebony and Bethany together. They would either be the best of friends or there would be fireworks ever. Cause I cannot see Bethany editing herself. Because she said, she said it on the one podcast episode that I managed to listen to of hers. She said, say what I want, like point blank period. And I was like, she's got a point. So, yeah. That would have been interesting. That would have been very interesting. I do wonder with Dorinda, something about Dorinda. I like her, but I get, you know, those feelings that I said, like when you watch and you're like, of a minority and you're like, I don't know what that is. I feel like we could have, we might've learned some things about Dorinda that we didn't know. I, I don't think that she's, and let me be very clear. I don't think she's racist or anything like that. I do think there might be a little bit of bias, maybe just based on things I've heard her say. Um, in particular, it's funny. She was in a clubhouse room and I asked her a question about her book and then she got to talking. She kept talking about the time she spent in England. And I feel like it's very romanticized for her, England, mm. England, England. And then someone asked her, what do you think? It was right around Harry and, and uh, Megan's interview. What do you think about the Harry and Megan interview coming up? How do you feel about Megan? And she says, Kate is doing such a wonderful job over there. And somebody said, oh, yes. But I mean, how do you feel about Harry and Megan, she said, guess we'll see when she talks, what's true and what's not. But I think Kate is doing an amazing job. And the queen is, and it was just, I felt a little like a tinge She's, of yeah, something. Yeah. She's one of those loyal to the crown type of yes, people, I think. Yes. In so some I way, really shape have, or form. Yeah. And I would really have loved to see what else we got. Like, I think that there would have been something. Remember when Leah had on the little Kim mugshot and she was like, oh, I, I get I get you, girl. She had some sweater with a gangster on it or something that went. And I was like, OK, I, I really would have loved to see what that interaction would be. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Do you think that Dorinda is the one that Andy talked about on Heather's podcast when he said there's another housewife? In another city who's coming back. Yeah. In my opinion. Your I, eyes tell I, me that you know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't. I, I will be honest. I don't know. <laughs> but in my, in my, if I had to take an educated guess, I was assuming that since New York is on right now, they're probably maybe loosely looking at casting for next season. Okay. I thought Jersey, no, it's not that because we know that everybody's coming back and they're maybe going to add maybe one or two new women and they've never been on the show before. So I knew that there, there's talk of only three people coming back to uh, Dallas from this past season. Um, Potomac is about to start. Not, no one there. So um, OC, he, he said it's a different city. Right. Beverly Hills is on right now. So process of elimination for me told me it was Atlanta. So in my mind, it's either a Phaedra or a Sheree. 
I guess in no way, shape, or form it would be Nini, huh? <laughs> I would That's love it. <laughs> I would love it. Okay. <laughs> I love me some Nini Leaks and everything that she brings. And mm. I cannot help myself. I just do. Okay. Me too. I just do. Me too. I am a Nini, I am a Nini defendant, and me that too. is just what it's gonna be. Um Thank you so much for today's chat. Thank you. I love you. Energize me like you like it's like hoof yes like <laughs> because I love you. I get excited too. You oh, see I do me. Too. I talk with my Enid. I do too. I do too. I'm all like that, and I'm I'm so appreciative. I kept you much over your time limit. Uh, well, you didn't have a time limit. It was I try to keep every interview under thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. It never works. Anyway, um, <laughs> I turned my said, phone off. I don't even know what time it is. It's blank. I'm like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> with, with that being said, can you tell everybody like what you have coming up next and where we can find everything with that's going on with you now and with the podcast? Again, thank you so much for having me. Um, I don't take it lightly when someone asks me to come on their platform, so I appreciate it. Um, you can find me first for the uh, podcast, What Else Is Going On, wherever you find podcasts. I got that from Cynthia Bailey because I would notice whenever a subject came up that she didn't want to talk about or that she may have been caught in a little bit of like a lie-in or she didn't really want to stand up for, I don't know, anyone, she would say, now what else is going on? So I just didn't add the now. So I got it from the Cynthia Bailey. Um, so you can find that wherever you find podcasts. I'm on Twitter at T.S. Faison, Instagram, WeGo, W-E-I-G-O podcast. And I have some exciting interviews coming up, some potentials that I think that uh, people would uh, like to hear. Again, you come for the pop culture, but you may leave knowing just a little bit about more about me and my culture. So you're not going to come there and it's, you know, you should be educated. You should be educated. You may come and we may talk about my recent love of crystal and also learn what a microaggression is. That's all combination of the two. Okay. Okay. We are here for it. And I'm super excited that you were able to participate today. Listen, y'all out there, make sure you guys <laughs> follow the podcast, subscribe, do all that good stuff to support my girl right here. And continue to listen to this podcast as well. I enjoy these types of interviews. They are so much fun for me. I get so much out of them. (laughs) And I just want to thank you for being a great guest. And you got to come back soon. I will. Thank you. I'll be back tomorrow, y'all. I have my mic right here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. We're going to catch y'all in the next episode. Bye, y'all.